Hello and welcome to True Think. I'm David, and usually I would be joined with um, my co-host Bethany, but she's not here today, sadly. But I am joined with a very special guest today. Uh, my guest is a third-year theology and biblical studies student from St Andrews, and coincidentally, my flatmate, which is very mm. exciting. Yeah. So, uh, Zach, welcome to the show today. Ah, oh, thanks so much for having me. You've been on before. You're on last semester, talking about. Just, I guess, the fundamentals of Christianity, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're talking about something new, mm-hmm. something fresh. Um, what are we talking about, Zach? Uh, well, we're talking about a lot of things, but I guess we're talking about how um, how do we be emotionally healthy in the current society we are living in which is full of um, anxiety and stress um, and people just feeling hurried all the time how do we um, combat that excellent yeah i mean this this show today is basically going to explore some of kind of the key spiritual practices that we find ourselves um getting to grips with in lots of different faiths. I think today in particular it will be kind of the Christian practices, but we will link to kind of other faiths and secular practices as well. Um, but I think this is a really, really important topic to be discussing because uh, we do live in an ever more hurried and busy world, like Zach said. So I just want to read out some statistics here because this is a very pressing issue. Mm-hmm. So um, I was learning recently that the average um, Western millennial spends roughly uh, three and a half hours a day on their phones, two hours of which, over two hours of which, are on social media. Mm-hmm. And um, those who spend the most uh, tend to spend about four hours, 20 minutes That's insane. a day. That's mad. On their phones. Um, <laughs> and the average American watches um, 750 hours of TV a year, which is... That's a lot. Which is a lot. That is a lot. Um, which is which is very very interesting, mm-hmm. and I think the average American also touches their smartphone mm-hmm. uh, two thousand six hundred times a day. Which is very interesting. That's mad. Yeah, but then wow. But then, if you look at the mental health statistics for millennials mm. as well, mm. um, I think since twenty thirteen, the the amount of, kind of the depression just at a, at a general level has increased by about thirty eight percent. So it is a bit. It is a bit crazy. And, uh, you know, obviously there are lots of factors that contribute to mental health issues, but I think there's definitely a correlation yeah. between the amount of time we're spending on our phones. And oh, 100%. Like, it's even... I think actually people are beginning to realize it as well. Um, like, it's... If I was a betting man, if we were to come back in three or four years, the cool thing will be not to have Facebook. <laughs> you know, like, that's the way it's moving. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people are beginning to realize just the emptiness. Um that it holds. Yes, it's a good thing. Yes, um, we can connect um, and keep in touch with friends who are, you know, the other side of the globe. But at the same time, it's creating more shallow relationships, more superficiality, more comparison, um, all of it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the purpose of this episode, we kind of want to explore the key practices, I guess, mm. of... Um, people that we've been really interested in recently. So there's a guy called John Mark Homer, who mm. um, is a very interesting guy. He is a pastor from Portland, Oregon, in the States, and he recently released a book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, where he outlines kind of four key spiritual practices, um, including um, simplicity, mm. Sabbath, yeah. slow, slowing, and then silence and solitude, mm. which are kind of jargonful ways of talking about taking time out from the world basically mm. and reflecting and I think Buddhist practices are similar that's a really interesting conversation with John Mark Comer and a secular Buddhist mm. on the un- unbelievable podcast which I would really recommend mm. where they basically talk about the similarities and differences so um, yeah it's really really good so exploring this stuff do we want to start with Sabbath because that's something that you've been kind of I think I think um, Sabbath Sabbath is um 
yeah, to rest. We'll go with rest. Rest is the apex of creation with uh, from a Judeo Judeo Christian worldview. So um, when you read the opening lines of the Book of Genesis, which is the opening kind of lines of um, the Bible, the Christian Bible, um, and the and the Hebrew, but the Jewish Bible as well, it talks about how God um, created the heavens and the earth, and it goes on different days, and then the final day, the seventh day. God rested. He didn't create. He rested and declared it um, holy. He kind of sets aside this day. And so it's really interesting. You can So many avenues you can go down. Um, this means that humans aren't the apex of creation, which uh, is really interesting from an eco kind of environmental point of view, um, which I'm actually studying for at the moment. Um, but, yeah, let's – do you want to just delve in? Yeah, I mean, what's, what's your experience been because – this past semester, you've been trying to implement that pretty well. Yeah, like I think for me, it was a thing that's been kind of growing over the kind of course of this year. Um, just a lot of kind of different people I've been reading about. Um, I myself, I'm a, I'm a Christian. So I'm kind of like I'm reading my... Uh, my scripture and I'm kind of being like, okay, this is this is popping up everywhere. Um, what is what is this? Um, so I was actually in Israel as well over January, over uh, Christmas holidays, and kind of seeing that in action from a Jewish point of view um, was really challenging and really kind of eye-opening as well. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm just trying to learn in it, you know, start where you're at, not where you should be. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like for me personally, it's... Um, We'll probably get into it more, but it's like no technology. Mm-hmm. Um, just choosing certain things to t- talk about and not talk about. Choosing things, like certain things, if I'm going to watch a movie, like do I really want to watch something which is going to just drain me? Mm. <laughs> or is it going to bring life and stuff like that? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a, In a sense, it's a practice, mm. um, which, you know... You practice, therefore, mm-hmm. sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, let's unpack the origins of this. Mm. You mentioned Genesis. Yeah. In Genesis, we have God creating the world, and then he takes the day, mm. he takes a day of rest, which is called Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So, do you, why, why do you think he does that? Why does God rest, give God is the omnipotent creator of the universe? It's a great question. Um... Hmm. In so we have space and time. Uh, there is a Jewish academic um, and philosopher called Abraham Herschel, mm-hmm. who basically argued that uh, Judaism. Uh, and now I'm kind of quoting what he's saying. By the way, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to speak for Judaism. <laughs> Judaism he says that Judaism is a religion of. It's a religion of time. That time is sacred. Um, and so, yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think it's to, I think there's loads of reasons. I think it's weaving in a rhythm into the fabric of creation. Um, uh, um, I think that obviously Genesis, I personally don't take it literal, Mm. but it's meant to display what what creation is like and about and so um i think weaving that in and resting um and stuff that kind of answers the question yeah i kind of i kind of butchered that one no 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 no. it's it's good good and and so if god rests then surely we need to rest Mm, exactly kind of like so there's a there's a um in kind of second and third century uh, ce uh, a lot of kind of different jewish kind of writings kind of crop up um, and they basically one of the things was like a rule of like first designation sort of thing and so basically the words so certain words like uh, blessing and holy what they were used to describe in the first in the first part of the of the bible kind of like that's sort of the the most important so um, so for example in then Genesis, the first very first thing that is called holy is Sabbath. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so, yeah, definitely it's something that as humans, um, personally, we are to observe and follow. Um, not from a, not because we have to legally adhere, mm-hmm. but because um, it's 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 an invitation. Mm. Mm. Um, so that's really really interesting. And what what do you think then that rest looks like? Because I think for many of us, we have weekends, we have holidays, mm. we have days off. But it seems to me that Sabbath is distinct. So in his book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer makes the distinction between mm. having a day off and having a Sabbath. Mm. What What is the difference between the two? Um, yeah, day off is... Um, yeah, you're doing... You're probably checking the odd email. Um, you're probably getting caught up in errands and chores or you're having to... Our stage of life as students, you're probably looking into applications for internships or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of doing that in your day off. You're kind of day off from your stage of life where you're at, which is in the library nine to five, mm-hmm. especially if you're an art student. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, a day off and Sabbath are two very different things because a day off, you could still exert yourself whether it be emotionally mentally or Mm -hmm. uh, spiritually or physically as well Mm -hmm. um however sabbath literally um the it's from the hebrew word shabbat which means to cease so it's literally to stop it's to completely stop it's not um another big one is people think okay i'm gonna rest and i'm gonna binge watch netflix Mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know binge five episodes of i don't know messiah or whatever you're watching at the moment and that's just not rest like that is i feel more dirty and more just like kind of after that um than i would just probably coming back from the library Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. it's it's, i mean i think yeah I think that's a, it's a, it's actually one of the growing problems. So kind of from a very Christian point of view in the kind of church circles I'm in, the kind of communities I'm around, Sabbath is not a buzzword. It's kind of coming back into fashion. Um, a lot of people originally reacted to kind of this kind of fundamentalist mentality of the 40s, 50s and 60s of their kind of parents' generation where like, you know, you must obey this. It's very kind of rule-based. And so a lot of people kind of like, we're going to swing the other way and kind of like, we're just going to ignore the kind of this idea of the Lord's Day that you kind of set a day aside to go to church and you kind of take a complete break. And because it was quite legalistic, a lot of people kind of swing the other way. And But what we find now is actually um, a lot of, especially with a growing kind of epidemic of um, just a lot of like just mental health issues and stuff and just the issues surrounding our culture, is that we're beginning to swing back the other way, um, which is, um, I'm sorry for people who don't really care about the church, but um, it's just classic church. We mm-hmm. like to swing completely the other way rather than bring it back into balance. But what we're doing now is actually Sabbath is becoming back into balance. We're acknowledging that we're, it's not about rule based it's complete freedom but also it's super important um and so therefore people like to use the buzzword they're like oh my sabbath is on this day or i choose at the start of the week whether my sabbath's going to be this day or that day mm-hmm. i'm kind of like do you actually know what you're saying are you actually sabbathing like are you ceasing are you worshiping and resting mm-hmm. um or are you just binge watching netflix the minute you get up right through to when you go to bed because yeah, that's not rest, and I'll happily argue if someone with someone who says it does. <laughs> if yeah, it's quite a long-winded answer. No, 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 it's really um, helpful. So Sabbath is definitely choosing to enjoy kind of raw, natural rest rather than the rest that we would think is just. Yeah, I think it's out. about it's it's about doing things that give you life, that bring life. Um, the Sabbath is blessed by God as well. Um, and so there's an element as well where actually um, kind of blessing is kind of associated with uh, like procreating, <laughs> uh, which is which is really interesting. Um, and so in some ways that Sabbath kind of is meant to bring life. There was a study done, um, I believe it's in either the uh, Washington Post or the New York Times, where they took these, this kind of 
group within Christianity called Seventh Day Adventists mm-hmm. who adhere um, a very strict following of um, Sabbath, a day of rest, where it's like you know turning off everything, just like like just super um, super restful. And they actually, on average, live ten years longer. Wow. So there's kind of there's even even at a kind of a macro level, kind of over a lifespan, like Sabbath is life giving, but also in a very micro sense, I mean week by week, it's about doing things that bring gives you life. Mm-hmm. It's about being around people you actually want to be around, not because you want to be there out of obliga- mm-hmm. out of obligation, like oh I must meet them for coffee and see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. You're around close friends. You're discussing just real life. You're um, you know, you're for me. Like, I just love taking a bath and just reading a bit of <laughs> author called Tom Holland, just mm. on like Roman history. It's fascinating. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and stuff like that. It's stuff that brings brings life and rest. So, how do you manage to do it to fit it in? Because I think for many people, it just doesn't seem feasible. How do you just have a whole day from the week where you can just focus on rest? And <laughs> yeah. I actually think people, if they're listening to this, um, they'll probably like squirm um, because, or even get uncomfortable with this idea of like stopping for a whole day. And I would actually argue it's laziness, Mm. which is why people don't want to do it. Because it, it, I know it's kind of counterintuitive. You're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. But actually, it's the laziness of it because it requires preparation. Um, in 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 Jewish culture, um, the especially kind of in the kind of the the times that the, the Bible is writing about, um, there's a thing called a preparation day. So a traditional Sabbath is from 20 minutes before sunset on a Friday evening and goes through to the following evening on a Saturday. And that kind of Friday is the preparation day. So kind of like it's quite um, tiresome because you're going around, you're cleaning your house, you're making um, meals, you're, um, for me, I'm cleaning my room, I'm doing my ironing, um, (laughs) have a wee shave, uh, just in kind of preparation so that kind of like I can really enjoy the day off, like making sure like if I'm meeting people on Saturday, like making sure that's okay, getting that sorted, um, different things like that. Um, it also involves then during the week, it means sometimes spending an extra hour in the library as well and so that I don't um, have to make Friday really stressful trying to catch up on work as mm-hmm. well. I think it just takes time and preparation and kind of actually planning to do um, but that's, I think that's the way it was designed to be so that we can actually enjoy it properly. Um, Do you think it takes time to learn what helps you to rest? Yeah, like 100%. Like in some ways, if I use this analogy, like if any any sort of practice you want to step into, like build your, build your toolbox. Hmm. Um, build your toolbox. So try things out. It's okay to fail. It's okay to um, try something and then be like, wow, that just made me more unrestful. Mm. Um, like try different things and learn because at the end of the day, it's, it, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a symptom of a culture that we live in in the West where it's instant gratification. I can literally, if I could go on Amazon right now, I could probably um, find a book I'm interested in and I could probably have it delivered tonight. It's mm. kind of like we want results now. Like now, but I'm kind of like, what does it look like in a decade? We're now in 2020. What about 2030? And kind of like learning and processing weeks, months, and years to the point where five or six, seven years down the line, 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, when um, perhaps I have a family and kids that like I very in tune to just, okay, this is, this is good, this is not. And we're always learning. Mm. Um, essentially. So Sabbath is also a way of learning more about yourself and who you are as a person. Def- yeah, Quite definitely, reflecting. actually. That's okay. really, that's yeah, that's actually a really good way to put it. I think, actually, you're learning about yourself. You're learning about how you relate um, from a very Christian, um, uh, for me personally, in my faith, and even um, in other faiths, like Judaism, who hold it, it's probably how, learning how you relate to God as well. And what about those people who aren't 
Christians or mm. Jews, is yeah. Sabbath worth their time as well? Mm-hmm. Would they manage to enjoy the same benefits of the Sabbath? Yeah. Um, yeah, because we were chatting about that this week. Uh, yeah, like, if I would encourage all people, regardless of your um, spirituality or your beliefs, to have Sabbath. Now, the reason I would do it compared to um, a kind of like, just uh, say an atheist or something like that would be very different. Like my ultimate goal is to commune with God. It's to rest um, in his presence. I mean, it's to enjoy him. And it's, it's, uh, it's, in some ways, it's I'm doing this because of my love for God. It's not like, it, yes, okay, I'm resting for my soul and stuff, but it, it's the, the, the starting point would be different. Therefore, um, there will be similar results, but also different results, if that makes sense. But definitely in terms of just slowing down, actually stopping and being in check with yourself, actually um, being emotionally healthy. Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely think you'd begin to see the the effects, the positive effects that would have on your life. Like I have been kind of, for me, properly observing Sabbath now for a couple of weeks, and I'm already beginning to see um, the benefits of it. What kind of benefits? Just being aware of, oh, like even like reflecting on the week, like taking time to journal and stuff like that. Like I don't want to do that, but <laughs> it's, it's really healthy. Like Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. Mm. Uh, there's really, there's a lot of truth in that. But um, just... Yeah, being aware of my reaction to certain things that have happened during the week or reflecting and being like, actually, you know what? I have put myself in such a hurry that I'm not in touch with myself and stuff like that. Um, even from a faith point of view, like how um, like how has my week been with God? Like, um, what, what's, like what's the crack there? Is Are things going well if I neglected certain um, practices that, I, that I'm doing and, and and stuff like that. Do you find you have more energy to be more productive in the yep. rest of the week? 100%. I crave, I crave Friday evening. Mm. Um, it's a weird phenomenon. I crave it. I look forward to Friday all the time. Uh, and it's funny, a lot of people who speak on Sabbath will say similar things. Mm. Uh, and I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of nice. And then like reading about it. And then when they're actually like practicing it, you're like, because yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, John Mark describes it in the book mm. as Christmas once a week because yeah, you spend yeah, Friday yeah. getting used to it, uh, getting ready and prepping for it and kind of doing it and then when you actually do it it's incredible mm. it's this really incredible process of- yeah like it's um, yeah it's 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 beautiful mm. you know like it really is like it's just um, I was actually reading even today this guy Abraham Heschel a Jewish guy and just him he's writing um his daughter's writing on their experience he's she does the introduction to this book on sabbath and they're writing about being in new york in the 1950s they had to flee germany um and just them describing what they would do it was just like i was like wow this mm. is so cool like it, would um, they have have sabbath even in that time yeah they would have had it but um just how they conducted themselves and like they wouldn't talk about um certain topics nazi germany but just kind of for them especially like you imagine in that time like just it would have been really scary and really fearful time but just mm. enjoying life just ceasing from what's going on around you externally and just enjoying as a family and sitting down it was really really interesting to read mm. um, yeah I mean for all those listening who aren't Christians or Jews this definitely seems like something that's worth doing mm. but equally I think one of the reasons why this seems so uncomfortable mm. is because it is quite countercultural, and actually, John Mark kind of unpacks why that is. Mm. It's almost um, if you if you jump into the history of the Jews mm. and their enslavement to the Egyptians, um, Sabbath mm. was a practice of kind of rebelling against or um, rejecting mm. the kind of Egyptian way of doing things and actually holding true to what they believe. And so, I think yeah. often Sabbath is a form of resistance. It's a mm. form of actually putting yourself and your relationship with God or not if, if you don't have a relationship with God before mm. um, culture mm. and before the um, desires of others. Because even, you know, having a mini 
what I call a sub Sabbath in mm. the morning, not looking at your phone for the first hour, mm. so you can be with your thoughts. Um, because as soon as you see that message or the notification, your mind is yeah, instantly going to be yeah. um, consumed by it. So, mm. regardless of faith background, this just sounds like an excellent discipline to get involved in. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot of debate in kind of Christian circles because it's very much rooted in um, kind of the, the Hebrew Bible. It's rooted in kind of like Israelite kind of culture. So the question is, does this continue on into Christ- Christianity? Um, but regardless of the debate, regardless of whether you think it is or whether it isn't, it's just a good idea. It's just a good thing to do. Yeah. You know, kind of like... Um, just the way our culture is, um, the stuff you're talking there about um, the kind of the resistance almost. Like, uh, an Old Testament scholar called Walter Brugman um, coined it as Sabbath as resistance. Um, so basically, we'll take a weekend <laughs> bypass here. But uh, the in the kind of the law in the kind of first couple of books of the of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, um, you have the Ten Commandments. It's um, kind of these commandments God gives to his people to obey and to follow in order to experience the freedom and life that he has um, for them. Um, and so in Exodus, which is the first giving of the law, um, it's all about talking about observe Sabbath because God rested in creation. Kind of going back to what we were earlier talking about. As God rested, okay, now you rest. Mm. He declared it holy, so and you're the holy people. So you gotta you gotta observe it, and I guess holy in this context meaning set mm. apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly, consecrated. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And then you get to Deuteronomy, which um, uh, Greek uh, Deuteros means second. Um, so Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. So the Ten Commandments are given again by Moses, this time to a different generation, because they've been wandering in the wilderness for forty years, and this generation. Um, it kind of needs reminded of what have happened. The fact that um, <laughs> the kind of Hebrew Bible story is very short, but the p- people are brought out of Exodus. If you've watched The Prince of Egypt, <laughs> you'll, know, <laughs> you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, they're brought out, brought out of Egypt. Um, and so brought out of Egypt. Um, but this generation has kind of died off. And now 40 years later, there's a new generation. And God reminds them, okay, you're actually observing Sabbath. Um now because you were once slaves in Egypt and you're no longer slaves anymore. So it's kind of like Sabbath is anti-Pharaoh. It's anti kind of that culture of work, 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 of I'll work a little bit more, I'll work a little bit more. Um, like once, or like the classic, you know, I'll rest once I've got that pr- promotion. I'll rest once I've been guaranteed an internship. I'll rest mm-hmm. after my exams. You know, like... That's just not the point, especially um, in just the consumer culture we have. Um, so, uh, certain people reckon that, uh, scholars reckon that we see 4,000 advertisements a day. Mm. Um, that's a lot. Mm. And like, funny enough, I was listening to a podcast which mentioned that stat. And fair enough, I look around me and I see, uh, and I'm, I'm walking down a street uh, like with houses and there was an advertisement on the side of a car. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's everywhere. So it's 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 not only just because it's in creation and God does it, so we do it. But it's also like we're taking a break just from consumerism, from workaholism, all of it. Mm. Um, so there's, there's like two coins, two sides of the coin of Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And mm. I would just say as well, in my personal experience, yeah, in the moments when I've taken a break from the world and just been with myself, and I guess my spirit. You just feel incredible. It's amazing how how freeing an undistracted mind can be, even in those brief moments. Um, because when, you're, when mm. your mind is distracted and focused on other things, you feel so different for when you're um, from when you're kind of with yourself, collected with your thoughts. So it, it does actually have an incredible physical impact on you as well. Mm. So no, it does. Yeah, it's it's um, especially from a Judeo-Christian point of view. Um, we're trichometric beings, which is a fancy way of saying we're mind, body, and spirit. We're mental, physical, and sp- spiritual kind of beings. Like it's affecting all areas of, of life. Mm. Um, That's awesome. That's awesome. So do Sabbath, basically, is the, uh, the result. Yeah, pretty much. And like if you don't do it, that's fine. But come back to us in five years. <laughs> we should have like a long-term... Um, kind of like social experiment. <laughs> yeah. Group A do Sabbath, group yeah, A or yeah. group B does not. Well, well it's interesting um, because 
this last bit we'll have on Sabbath, but John Mark, when he tells his story and why he cares so much about Sabbath, it's mm. because he basically has a midlife crisis mm. or burnout phase when he's 27, which isn't really midlife, but yeah. that's what he calls it, um, where he just does not take a break and he's just constantly doing stuff and he has mm. his day off, in inverted commas, but that's just doing work that he doesn't have time to do in the normal week. And um, you just see it completely crashes out and just needs to take three months out of work and just kind of recalibrate. And now Sabbath is a non-negotiable for him. Hmm. And he doesn't look back. And it's, it's really interesting. Um, I kind of came up with this analogy a couple of months ago where, like, if you imagine, like, your capacity to breathe in and out, if you're constantly breathing out, like, you're going to... If you don't breathe in, like you're mm. just gonna, you're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> like essentially, yeah. It's kind of like, and so, especially if you're like, I want to change the world, or if you're someone who is high up in a business or in student setting, like in a leader of a society or different things like that, and if you're constantly giving, constantly like pouring into people. Um, you're constantly having to just be on it, and you're just constantly breathing out. If you're not breathing in, then A, you're going to die. But also, if you want to breathe out more, you've got to increase your capacity to breathe in. Mm. So you've got to breathe in more to breathe out more. I'm not... <laughs> I don't study medicine, so that, <laughs> might, not, that might not be accurate. <laughs> but even from that point of view, like Sabbath should be a non-negotiable if you're kind of... Because it's the number one primary way of maximizing breathing in from a very kind of your own personal kind of like just doing life mm. uh, I think as well mm. so breathe in more amazing and if you can breathe out more then as a result so once you've mastered Sabbath mm. um, and you have yeah. made time for yourself <laughs> come back next week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another practice which I'd love to talk about is mm. simplicity mm. and I think that's something that lots of people um, regardless of faith background um, have been involved with I think it's quite connected to social justice which mm, is, yeah it's kind of like minimalism is kind of like the buzzword yeah. it's like there's a thing on Netflix I haven't actually seen it mm. it's like a TV show called The Minimalists yeah yeah. so it's simplicity I think in a sense my interpretation is just making your life more simple basically <laughs> mm. um, so not buying as many clothes having kind of clothes that you wear on set days sometimes um, being more simple with your food um, mm. and just kind of with your stuff the things that you own um, and I think this is really interesting because it has implications for consumerism and mm. fast fashion um, and food culture as well, which I think is really powerful. It's really, yeah. Simplicity is... Um, I'd actually I personally argue um, the roots of the minimalist movement is actually um, within... within uh, Christianity itself, it's kind of founded like a, the kind of guys behind that can have a Christian sort of understanding. Mm. Um, and a guy called Alan Fadling said that the drive to possess is an engine for hurry. Mm. Um, and kind of going back, what we were talking about, you see 4,000 advertisements uh, a day, and like it's you're kind of forcing yourself, okay, I must get this, I must get that. Um, rather than just being content. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah. I yeah, you know, I think, I think, I think, I think you just know the, you're right, how um, our, our, our wanting things mm. can make us more hurried and more um, uptight, which mm. then can lead to negative, I guess, physical mm. consequences. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting. So there's this thing, there's this thing called the 80-20 principle, mm. which... I love. I think it's you really interesting. It. You do love it, and it's <laughs> and it's the idea that. Um, well, I'll give an, I'll give an example. When you think about your wardrobe, okay, yeah, you'll wear about twenty percent of your clothes eighty percent of the time. When you think of a carpet in your living room, about eighty percent of the walking on that carpet will be done about twenty percent of the actual carpet area. Hmm. When you have an exam at university about 80% of the exams and 20% of the course. You do love that bit. And that's, <laughs> I, do, I do love that bit. But, um, and that's true for most areas of life, actually. It's this kind of golden ratio of stuff. And so if you reflect on the clothes that you wear, mm. I, I, when, I, when I'm reflecting and I think of the clothes that I have, I definitely think that I wear 
um, just kind of a set number of clothes I just like all the time, and the other ones kind of go by the wayside. And sometimes mm. it can be a, sh- a stress knowing they're there and not being yeah. worn. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm the same. Like <laughs> the Anderson, to get my mother's thoughts on this, um, <laughs> but I she has to buy me clothes for Christmas because <laughs> of yeah, I just don't care. Mm. Like it's okay. That sounds really. But like, what I'm trying to say is, for me personally, this is a practice which I find easy mm. um, because um, I've never really grown up in an environment which has this drive for consumerism or obsession with money or whatever. Um, like, I get ripped into all the time because I either wear tracks bottoms, chinos, or jeans. That's kind of it. Mm. Um, and like, um, and, and not to say like uh, what I mean by that is I only have like one pair of each <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah but I, I totally get what you mean and kind of like especially in a western society we just have so much stuff and like do you really need all that stuff do you need to go and buy that t-shirt mm. even though you have 10 sitting in your cupboard or whatever um, yeah I think, yeah, I think that could be a challenge. I think, yeah, for me, um, having loads of stuff that I'm not using mm. can be quite stressful. And actually, simplicity can be liberating. It's just quite yeah, stressful to I think, think about. From a, from a Christian point of view, um, uh, if you go in kind of like the biographies of Jesus's life, mm. uh, Matthew writes a bio- biography. Um, and Jesus is, in Matthew chapter 6, he's giving his most famous kind of speech, in a sense, um, to this crowd. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. He kind of outlines just kind of these um, guidelines for living a life full of freedom, life to the full, all of it. Um, and he actually connects connects worry with money. He goes on to talk about money. Um, I uh, I study the Bible. So I kind of translate all to Greek. Mm. So the Greek word for therefore, when connecting the kind of two together, actually uh, infers a kind of like continuation, um, a development in the in the in the in the argument. And and so what Jesus and so kind of going back to what you're saying, mm. kind of like this desire for more, which is kind of and follow the logic of it, eventually leads to kind of like this desire for like money and stuff like mm. that is very much connected to worry. Um, so how can we be more simple mm. in our day to day. I think this is for the uh, yeah the <laughs> no never mind no I'm not gonna say that. Uh, I think simplicity starts. It doesn't start with you whipping out a cardboard box and just going through your room and being like, "That's rubbish." That's going to the charity shop. Mm. I'll give that to a friend. It actually starts with. Um, you as a person it starts with your mind it starts with your heart mm. um your soul if you want to kind of if you want to go there as well um it actually it actually starts with that that we need to kind of get that fixed mm. in our lives before kind of stuff so is that like an an orientation dealing with the just drive within us the impulse to consume dealing with that first before we deal with the material stuff i think i wouldn't say I think there's definitely a, an impulse within us to consume, but it's very much um, provoked by the culture we live in. So I think it's learning to control, learning to channel your reactions to the consumer culture we're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get that, then it's really easy to be like, actually, I don't need that thing I got five years ago as a Christmas present from mm. my great uncle, twice removed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's liberating. It's fr- it's freedom. It's like I don't I don't need this stuff to define me. It's not mm. my meaning. Because um, there's this uh, there's this guy who's really interesting. A kind of French sociologist. Uh, his name is Jean Baudrillard. I can't I can't pronounce his name, <laughs> but he says that materialism is now the dominant system of meaning mm. in the West. It kind of it used to be Christianity, you could argue, um, but now it's materialism. 
we're finding meaning with that. But once you kind of separate yourself from that, and then kind of then linking into what we we're talking about, um, like understanding your reactions and how you react to consumer culture, finding meaning not in what you wear, not in the latest iPhone you have, then it's easy enough to turn around and be like, I'm going to have a more simple life. Mm. And I guess... Um, that's very much connected to Sabbath because taking a day off, take, mm. well, taking sorry, taking a day to yeah, yeah, yeah. restore who Get you are. Get that right, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sabbath <laughs> taking, taking a day f- um, just to be with you and your thoughts can help provide a lot of clarity, I, I mm. guess, with this. Um, yeah, exactly. Kind of like in that's so it's, it's, they're both kind of they're not mutually exclusive. They're kind of mm. interdependent <laughs> because mm. if you're not like. Um, emotionally healthy if you're not able to kind of think through these things in the first place um, which then links to you need to have the space to and the practices to kind of get to that space of being emotionally healthy to think about it Um, yeah they're they're kind of they are you're right actually it's a really good point they're kind of drilling and so I guess the key being often we're too distracted to realise we're distracted so (laughs) focusing on that day and with mm. your thoughts away from distractions can provide a clarity. Mm. Um, so I'd love just briefly to explore another practice as well, mm. slowing. Mm. Slowing is a really interesting one and I think it's not particularly Christian. Um, anyone can apply slowing um, or any of these practices, yeah. but slowing in particular seems like a really kind of sensible uh, practice. Um, what is slowing to you? Um a writer, it's actually a Christian writer. Like slowing, first of all, slowing is this kind of practice which um, the practices we have talked about. Sabbath, like Sabbath, goes right back to kind of like creation. It goes right back thousands of years with the kind of the Israelite people and is brought through today through um, the Jewish people, but also Christianity as well. Um, simplicity as well. Minimalism was very much a um, big part of kind of monastic movements. Um, and different things like that, these kind of monks, essentially. Uh, however, slowing is kind of this thing, which you could probably read bit parts of Scripture and be like, that's an example of a person being slow, which we'll get onto the definition. But it's kind of something which needs to be, the practice which needs to be developed more now, just because our current cultural moment demands it. Um, a guy called John Ortberg, this kind of Christian writer, says that cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait mm. that sounds slowing. frustrating <laughs> it's so hard yeah. <laughs> um, but we have to because we're hyper living at the moment in, in the west um, we're go 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 like it's, it's funny like all these practices are all linked together you know it's no surprise that they're in the same book mm. but um, we're skimming along life you know like we're just we're just going along. We're not delving deep into relationships. And it's, and then this links back into social media because we're just having superficial relationships and all these different things and shallowness. And, like, people will say, and you're like, oh, how are you doing? And you're like, oh, okay, I'm good. And mm. then you just move on. Kind of like, mm. that's not an answer. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and so to combat this, to slow down, which then will in turn help um, you Sabbath better. Mm because it'll it become easier and then in turn will help you uh, understand kind of like okay how can I be more simplistic in my yeah. life um, yeah we just we need to we need to slow down both um, going back to what we already talked about kind of like our whole being mm. not just our body but our mind too right and the things we think about and what we choose to mm. give mental space yeah it's interesting because when I try and slow even just slow walking on the street mm. you just become aware of so much more of the world, yeah. the detail, um, and the things going on around you. Mm. And it's, it's a really beautiful way, actually, of looking at the world. There's this initial discomfort because we live in such a fast mm. uh, culture and society, but in choosing to slow down, mm. you get to see all sorts of different things that you're not mm. aware of before, which I think is really remarkable. Yeah, like I think, like practically, you know, especially if you're living in places like London or a big city, like just getting an earlier tube to work so you're not joining the rush mm. but actually even though <laughs> to honest, I find it fascinating just like people watching on a tube when you're not late to work and you can just walk through I don't know King's Cross really slowly <laughs> and just watch people freak out as they're getting to work with their coffee 
Um, so yeah, it's really it's really a good point. Um, and other other practical tips, do you think? Yeah, like in in the book we've been talking about, there's loads. Um, you know, driving the speed limit and stuff like that. I think the biggest one for me is um, a guy John Mark calls it parenting your phone. Mm. So you put your phone to bed, and uh, you kind of control when your phone wakes up to. Mm. Um, I think that's a big one because going to the kind of mental hurry, um, it's social media drives that yeah. the comparison. You wake up at 7 a.m. to get ready for the day. You turn over to your bedside table. You turn off your alarm, which will probably be your phone, mm. uh, on your phone. And you open Instagram and you see um, whoever on mm. a beach mm. in whatever. And you're like, oh, you know, and the comparison mm. kicks in and the mm. anxiety kicks in and that all kicks in. Mm. Um, and so learning to parent your phone. So therefore, what I had to do is I went and bought an alarm clock. Like just old fashioned a couple of years ago now. I just went and bought an alarm clock. I was like, right, I'm gonna leave my phone just actually outside of my bedroom. Just leave it there. Um when I wake up in the morning, you know, with an alarm clock, then actually just don't even look at the phone. Like don't let that control how you view the day ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh so that was that I think that's a big one. To be honest, anyone, um, millennial, generation Z, whatever, um, I think that is I would even argue one of the key ways to start slowing well, mm. I suppose, and cultivating um, that kind of patience. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the most challenging ones for me is intentionally standing in the longest shopping queue in the supermarket <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just waiting. I think that would just be uh, the hardest mm. one. Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's, yeah, we'll get there. Or like driving the speed limit's another one. Yeah. Um, not good at that. But you know, always learning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's always more slowing to be done. Mm. Um, and I find for me as well, leaving enough time to go somewhere slowly, I find that really hard. Yeah, I think, but that I think that links into um, kind of like the preparation, like planning in in a in a weird way. So the same way there's a preparation day for the Sabbath, but almost like you have to prep to slow. Mm. So kind of like making sure that um, you're going to bed at you know a good time so that you can wake up in the morning a half an hour early, an hour early, whatever, 15 minutes, mm. um, to allow yourself to like just not look at your phone, do whatever. For me, it's I brew and drink a coffee in our conservatory, you know. Mm. Um, and and you are, you're similar too, so kind of like there's that kind of aspect to it as well. Um, so it's the little moments of like, just the mundane kind of creating rhythm by prepping and, and stuff like that, I think it would help, helps a lot, I think as well. Allowing yourself enough time to walk into your work or whatever, um, I think as well. So. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we've discussed the first three, we could maybe give a couple of minutes now, I don't want to hurry though, <laughs> uh, through this last one, which is nice. silence and solitude, which is basically, mm. um, kind of a fancy way of saying just having quiet time with your thoughts and with yourself mm. in the mornings so lots of people do this there's lots of buddhist meditation yeah. takes place in the mornings um it's, yeah, it's kind of like it's becoming the mindfulness is kind of becoming this yeah. buzzword in our kind of western world mm-hmm. um, i was reading even today one of the english premiership rugby teams are practicing mindfulness and how it's affecting how they play rugby and stuff it's mm. kind of this uh new kind of phenomena mm. um and, and yeah. stuff which is which is really interesting yeah um, it's interesting as well you know f- even kind of famous atheists like um sarah blackmore who mm. um says for the past 25 years she's woken up every morning and had quiet time and just being grateful and just mm. being thankful for the for the world and that's really helped her and her mental health um mm. And just yeah, being grateful not to God but to the universe, mm. and just to uh, for existing in the first place. Yeah, like on that note of like mental health as well, like everything we've been talking about today, and especially actually this one of silence and solitude, learning. Um, yeah, I think it helps massively. Like if you were to have a whole culture adopt even one of these, um, 
you'd see I I would argue like you'd see a massive turnaround mm. in as someone who's suffered from anxiety in the past mm. like implementing these practices as well like you see a massive turnaround in our generation mm. it would look very different how do um, you do silence and solitude or mindfulness yeah like for me it's 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 rooted in the in the example of Jesus mm. um, as I would argue all of these are um, for me personally and so like for me I just retreat in some sense um, in the morning I'll wake up early make sure I go to bed at a reasonable time just wake up early brew a coffee you know not turn on the phone so you mm. take the slowing box and <laughs> um, it's you know uh, simplistic because you know I'm, I'm you know, I'm brewing the coffee and I'm not buying it all the time mm. and stuff. So <laughs> ticking that box too. Mm. But uh, yeah, just sitting. For me, it, it's praying, but sometimes just sitting, um, especially in the summer months, mm. um, just appreciating, being thankful um, for at least seven things is what I try to do. Mm. Um, and you just, you're like, oh, actually, you know what? Today's going to be a good day. Mm. You know, it, stuff may happen which isn't great but mm. just kind of ridding yourself in that and kind of like it's the internal silence it's easy it's not just the external mm. so it's easy to kind of remove yourself from external silence uh, which is hard especially if you live in like a city and stuff like that where you're like hearing constantly different things like police sirens or stuff like that but it's the internal silence as well mm. um, which I think is, is, is quite poor, quite important too that kind of mental conversation which never just shuts up Mm. Like you go to bed, and it just doesn't shut up, and you wake mm. up, and it's like, and here we go, bum bum bum, and learning to kind of just, yeah, not not have that, even like daydream, you know. Mm. So th so things like that, I think, um, is kind of for me personally, um, quite important. Like if I don't say if I sleep in in the morning, and I don't have that time of silence and solitude or mindfulness, whatever you want to call it, mm. like you feel it. Yeah, um, it's very strange. And for me, especially coming from my starting point is I want to commune with God. I want to connect with God, which is my starting point, uh, or Christian starting point. Like then, therefore, you're f feeling it kind of as well in that sort of sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome, Zach. Thank you so much for chatting with me today about spiritual oh, disciplines. That was a pleasure. It's been really awesome, actually. Um, and for all those listening, mm. try one of these out. Yeah, um, try them out. You know, like it doesn't matter if uh, you're like, nah, this is all super Christian. Mm. Um, I dare you to try it out. You know, just try it out mm. and just see. Mm. Um, see how yeah, see how you feel. See how you feel after trying it out. You know, like how do you feel as a person? Do you feel more connected with people around you? Do you mm. feel more connected with yourself? Do you feel mm just in touch with the world and going everything going on mm. um, yeah awesome guys remember as well that there's no one way of doing this um, tailor it to how you want it to be but um, thank you so much for listening all those who are and please do check out the blog there's um, some new articles coming out very soon which are very exciting mm. and we're going to have Rahim on next week right. to talk about justice and Islam so mm, cool. have a great Friday mm.